This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The first 5G networks launched back in late 2018, and after slowly expanding and upgrading their service, they've been, well, Still a bit underwhelming. That could change in 2022. I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. With me to talk about the state of 5G is our resident wireless expert, Eli Blumenthal. Welcome, Eli. Thanks for having me back. So after all that hype, 5G arrived, and for many, it was fine. You know, speeds were a little bit better, sometimes a lot better, just depending on where you lived. Coverage is still kind of an issue. Uh, and the fact that a lot of us were at home a lot more meant that using 5G wasn't that critical. But what do things look like in 2022? So in 2022, it should hopefully, and this is something we've been saying for the last few years, actually get a lot better. Uh, but this year we mean it. Actually, seriously, maybe take it to the bank, but but also let's let's see how this plays out. Uh, <laughs> well, how so? How, why is it? Why are you so confident that things will get better? So the the biggest thing, and this is actually going to start to manifest as soon as January 19th is AT&T and Verizon are finally going to get additional wireless spectrum that they've desperately needed to launch more uh, more robust 5G networks, faster 5G networks that actually work in more places. They're early versions for both carriers, AT&T and Verizon. If you wanted the faster speeds, you really had to be in on the right city block or in the right seat in the right stadium to get you know multi-gigabit download speeds. T-Mobile, they have a much wider and faster 5G network, because uh, they've had access to Spectrum that AT&T and Verizon just frankly didn't. Now, because of some new Spectrum that AT&T and Verizon purchased, that in theory should start to become a reality for their users in a lot, uh, uh, a lot more places in 2022. Yeah, and this is the this is in regards to that C-band Spectrum. We've seen the term C-band thrown around a lot, especially as as it relates to the FAA and issues around safety with airlines. Uh, just for our listeners, if you give us a quick rundown. What is C-band? And I don't know if you could quickly summarize the issues that at this point have seemingly been resolved with the FAA. Sure. So let's let's break that into two parts. So what is C-band? C-band is mid-band spectrum uh, that, op- that basically takes the speed benefits of the higher uh, frequency networks that AT&T and Verizon have deployed with the coverage benefits of the lower band network. So it basically isn't as fast as the highest version of 5G that they offer, but works in a lot more areas compared to that and and offers significant speed improvements than their lower band 5G. So it's that middle middle ground there where Verizon has talked about you can get a gigabit per second peak download speeds, which I believe is a, a 10x improvement over their low band 5G, which is also probably a 10x improvement over 4G, and that's a real sizable jump. As for the issues with the FAA, uh, the FAA airlines, pilots associations, have taken issue with where the spectrum operates. Uh, Even though in 40 plus countries, including countries where US airlines fly on a regular basis, 
there have been no issues over this type of spectrum. They've raised concerns that in, I believe it's around 50 or so airports, this could interfere with altimeters and make uh, landing planes a, a bit more difficult. So they've asked for and received some delays from the carriers. It was a whole big fight over the last six weeks or so. Uh, they've asked for lower power levels around airports and, and at, just so they could really study this, uh, why this is an issue right before the networks are about to go live and not in the years prior when they were discussing the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, making this spectrum available, uh, auctioning it off, getting, I believe it was over $80 billion from wireless providers uh, as part of that auction. Why none of this was really raised as an issue is a bit of a question, but the end result is everybody seems to be on board with this now. Everybody seems to be okay with this now. And again, on January 19th, this is supposed to uh, start going live. Verizon expects to cover 100 million people by the end of this month with uh, with this much faster, uh, much more accessible 5G network. And, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Verizon and AT&T. What about T-Mobile? Because you said it already had access to, to a similar type of spectrum. So is it, what, what's in store for T-Mobile customers in 2022? Sure, so T-Mobile was nowhere near a spectrum uh, starved as AT&T or Verizon because they bought Sprint back in 2020. Sprint had a, a treasure trove of, of mid-band spectrum uh, that T-Mobile has been able to pretty rapidly deploy. They already covered over 210 million people with their version of uh, a mid-band network, which is on a different frequency and C-band isn't at issue with the airlines or the FAA. Uh, and they are targeting download speeds of 400 megabits per second average, not peak, average of 400 megabits per second over that network. Uh, they have talked about expanding that to cover 250 million people by the end of 2022. And I believe over 90% of, of all Americans by the end of 2023, when they also will be adding C-band to further uh, boost and develop their network. Yeah, and, and beyond sort of traditional wireless service, I think one of the things that excites me the most is uh, more of an expansion of home broadband service, 5G as your as your replacement for cable internet. We saw some of that with T-Mobile and a little bit with Verizon in a few, in a few select markets, but assuming with this mid-band spectrum deployment, the floodgates sort of open here? Exactly, and, and that's been one of the early real positives of 5G is that you have finally, for, for some people, real competition to the traditional cable provider. And, and that's something that the US has struggled with immensely, uh, really, for the past several decades. Um, T-Mobile has talked about how they want to get, you know, seven to eight million uh, mobile broadband customers. And because they have a 5G network that does offer home broadband-like speeds, they can actually go out and do it. They're offering a product that's $50 a month, taxes, fees, modem included, no data caps. Uh, Verizon plans to launch a, a expansion of their 5G home product. They currently offer it in areas where they have their millimeter wave service, but as we mentioned, uh, that higher frequency millimeter wave is only available in certain parts of certain cities. So you really have to be in the really right location. It's kind of like, I guess, when they first launched Fios. Um, some blocks will have it, some blocks won't. Um, the, the goal, I think, with 5G over these mid-band networks, um, and for home internet at least, is that a much larger selection of people will be able to get a competitive home internet provider. Right, right. 
and and beyond beyond home broadband and wireless service, 5G was also touted as you know this foundation for a bunch of other tech, right? Uh, powering smart cities and self-driving cars. Are are we there yet with some of these other technologies? We're making progress. There's always there's always progress. Um, but I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're going to be there in 2022 where you're going to be able to go into a dealership and, and get a self-driving car um, that talks to other cars. That's that's the aspect of where 5G fits into that story. Uh, it's not just the you have companies that are touting self-driving or super cruise control already uh, where 5G comes in is allowing the cars to talk to one another, to talk to a grid and communicate in real time. So if somebody's stopping their car, you know, half a mile up the road, your car will know to start slowing down. So this way everybody, you know, moves accordingly. Uh, We're getting there. We're making progress as 5G networks develop. But you really got to get the networks there first before you can start putting these out into the world. Right, right. It's we're setting up the foundation now. That foundation we were talking about. Uh, what about the the buzzword of the day, which is the metaverse? Everyone wants to get in on the metaverse, even though few people actually understand what it is. How do you think five G or will five G play into that? So five G will will be useful in again once you have these networks as the foundation. You have faster connectivity and and lower latency, which means it's more responsive. Uh, That can enable a whole host of applications, metaverse included, I guess. Um, What exactly that looks like? I think we first need to define what the metaverse is. Uh, How do you define it, Roger? Uh, It is a, it's any kind of shared digital world, I guess. So like for me, at least the idea of, of 5G powering a VR experience, like you said, with lower latency, means a more responsive and more realistic and a more immersive world. Uh, we'll see what that metaverse actually looks like. I'm still, I still have a lot of questions and I'm skeptical about it, but at least in principle, I could sort of see how 5G can be sort of an enabler for a better metaverse experience. Yeah, the last thing you want is to put a headset on your head and, you know, go into meta or used to be Facebook's Oculus and have to be waiting 30 seconds because you clicked on something and it needs to load. Um, so so I think that will be useful. But again, we, we got to get the networks up there first. And that's why I'm kind of optimistic for 2022. Because right now we really, in the US, it's T-Mobile's 5G network and then a decent jump down to AT&T and Verizon, at least in most places. Again, in, in the areas where they have their faster millimeter wave service, those areas are they offer 5G that's faster than T-Mobile's, but the majority of people aren't operating or living in those locations, and they're not hanging out outside, which is where you could really find those faster networks. They don't really penetrate indoors, unlike C-band and mid-band spectrum, which can work indoors and outside. Uh, our colleague David Lum tested it in an elevator, was getting speeds that waffled my own home broadband connection at times. It looked like, um, and that was in an elevator. So, so I'm, I'm bullish on what that could enable as these networks start to take off and get developed. All right. With that, the final question, you know, when we talk about 5G a year from now and we're looking ahead to what 2023 looks like, what do you think we'll be talking about? That is a good question. I, I think assuming things go as planned and over the last six weeks with all the delays that have surrounded these networks, not, not to mention the fact that we're living still in an in a ever-evolving pandemic, nothing can say it goes as planned, but 
assuming those networks get developed, I think we could start to see some, some really interesting applications take hold. I am curious to see what wearables look like. So beyond the metaverse, uh, smart glasses. And it may take some time for, for those devices to get 5G inside them. But if you have a pair of smart glasses that you don't need to connect to your phone, you can just take and wear in the world, that, that could be interesting. I mean, if it could help me remember people's names, that, that, that works too. <laughs> That's a killer app right there. Absolutely. Uh, Eli, thanks for your time. Appreciate uh, the chat about 5G. Always a favorite subject of mine. You can check out his story on CNET.com tomorrow. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what, like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.